Welcome to the Cruising and Campfires podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Crossland, a non-outdoorsy but wildly camping-obsessed mom. I created this podcast as a way to connect with other camping-loving families just like ours who might not always feel the most equipped for that hardcore adventuring you often see. It's here that I share my personal experiences, my personal lessons learned, and also interview other travelers who have exciting stories to tell. Let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by Cruising and Campfires. Cruising and Campfires is my company, and it has been so much fun to put together. It started as a company with just road trip activities and campsite activities for kids, and now we're expanding to offer more for the entire family to enjoy. Head over to cruisingandcampfires.com and check it out, and while you're there, sign up for the email list and you'll get 10% off your very first order. I can't wait to see you there. On this episode, I'm welcoming Krista Dunn and Joan Webb, the two authors of the Max and Josie book series. This series is so much fun. It takes Max and Josie, the two main characters inside the series, on trips throughout different national parks. I absolutely love the books. They're adorable to read. They have the best stories, the best visuals as you're reading them. But more importantly, I love the backstory behind them. Krista and Joan, who you're about to hear from, are actually sisters who write these stories, and they write them all based on their experience traveling national parks, both in their youth and today. It is such a fun story to hear behind how they came, how these stories have come to fruition, and I know you're going to really, really enjoy listening to them banter back and forth and share the backstory to how these came to life. The books are linked here in the show notes, so definitely get your copy when you're done listening and check them out because I know that they're going to become a family favorite to read on the road to some of these national parks or just when you're reminiscing about memories or ideas about where you're going to go traveling back at home. Thank you so much, Joan and Krista, for joining. I'm super excited for this conversation, but before we kick things off, why don't you introduce yourselves? Okay, I am Joan Webb. I live in Idaho Falls, Idaho. I am a mother of seven kids and one grandchild who is now five months old. Um, I have lived in Utah and Idaho. I have a degree in English teaching and also a master's degree in English. Um, But I chose after having my kids to be a stay-at-home mom. And that's pretty much at least uh, who I am. <laughs> I love that. Krista, how about you? Um, I'm Krista Dunn and Joan and I are sisters. We're two of five children that grew up in Idaho and I am married and have four grown children and three grandchildren with two on the way. And as, a, as my nuclear family, we've lived all over the Western United States. We've lived in uh, California, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Texas was as far east as we got, but one of the things as we've traveled around and lived in different places, we've always made an effort to go to state parks or national parks in the area. And that's one of the things that drew us to the national parks was just that all of us, even Joan's family and our family have loved to be outside and doing things. Oh, that's wonderful. That's so wonderful. So I mean, Joan, you said that you have a degree in English and um, Krista, you said you guys love to travel to these national parks. Tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about what inspired you to write children's books specifically, besides having an abundance of beautiful children yourselves and grandchildren Mm -hmm. as well. Was there something that really drew you to that space? 
I think part of it is as kids, we loved reading. We were always reading. Our mother and father always encouraged reading. In fact, Chris and I were reminiscing last night. Um, before we go on trips, but our mom probably won't let us take library books because she was afraid we'd ruin them. But she'd take us to the thrift store and we'd go pick out books. And one trip we went to Redfish Lake, which is central Idaho. I, just to give people an idea, it's probably an hour north of Sun Valley to give an idea. And we were fishing and our dad helped us get our lines out. And then he went off and his waders to go fish in his own part of the lake. And we promptly went and got branches and set our poles up in the branches and then sat back to read our books. And our dad came back to check on us. I don't know how much longer later. And he said, have you girls looked at your lines? And we had it. And so he had us reel them all in and every one of us had a fish on the line. <laughs> That's so, so we were fun. too, too busy reading to pay attention. So um, we've always loved books. And um, my daughter, Emily is a works in finance in Salt Lake city. And she's been thinking about going back to college to get another degree. And um, as we talked to her about what she wanted to do, she, cause she's one of the authors with us on the book. She said, you know, I'd really just like to write. And we said, well, you don't have to get another degree to write, just write about what interests you. So we all started talking and Krista had come up with this idea. She said, why don't we write a story about the national parks, the three of us together? So I don't know if you wanna go in more on that, Krista. Sure, well, Emily and Joan thought it was a great idea. And even though I had the idea, I was not very good at moving the idea forward. So those two really jumped in and we made a schedule and we started a company and we decided that we were too impatient to wait for the traditional route. And since indie authors are much more prevalent now than they used to be, we decided to go that route. And so after some exploration and deciding how we wanted to handle the writing, we decided we'd start with a park we knew well. And we grew up near Yellowstone and visited Yellowstone often. And so we thought, let's start with Yellowstone and just share the things that we love about Yellowstone. And we, we decided to do grandparents traveling with children, grandchildren, just because we can relate to that right now. And it provides an opportunity for intergenerational interaction. And so we, we came up with Max and Josie traveling with their grandparents and we drew on some of our own experiences, obviously, in the book and just tried to make it something that would allow children to enjoy Yellowstone and recognize that there are fun things to do there and that they can have adventure wherever they go. Oh my gosh. Well, you know that I love that. And my whole thing is seek adventure and spark joy outside. And I absolutely love the intergenerational side of things too. There's so many times that I've been out camping and I see grandparents there with their grandkids. And I think how fun. And I grew up also going, um, we didn't always go camping, but we would travel together with my grandparents, like big family reunions, wherever we went, we were definitely a crowd and it was really, really, really fun. And so when I was reading that, the first part of in the first chapter, you talk about grandpa sitting there looking out the window saying, oh, we better not roll down the windows because there's bison out there. And then grandma's over there sketching them, which I thought was awesome. And I could just visualize that being in the car with them. I thought it sounded so fun and like what great memories are being made in those, in those stories. And so I love the idea of 
not only kids having a wonderful book to read, but then also just being able to be inspired by thinking about what other memories they're going to be making with their grandparents too. So did you guys travel with your grandparents growing up too? Or I know you said you went fishing with your dad or kind of fishing. (laughs) I love that story about how you're sitting there with your poles and just buried in a book. That's awesome. But did you guys travel with your grandparents too? We did. Our, um, our dad's parents lived in town. And so we, we did a lot with our grandparents and our dad would take our grandpa fishing with us too. So he would come on trips too, but we spent a lot of time with him and our other grandparents, um, our grandpa worked for the U S government and they moved back when what I was probably seven or eight years old. So mm-hmm. once they were back, we traveled a lot with them. And when we do family trips, our parents would take our grandparents with us on big so we trips. Would have, we would have both sets of grandparents with us on trips quite often. And it was just fun to interact with them that way. So, yeah, it's a whole different experience when you're, everybody's kind of in a different environment, I imagine. Um, So you guys obviously have a lot of experience camping with kids. You've camped as children, you've camped with your children, and it sounds like you're going to continue to camp with your grandchildren. Do you have any tips for um, for specifically around the national parks, since that's where you kind of grew up and that's where you're writing about. One of the things that I enjoy about state parks and national parks is that there are oftentimes junior ranger programs. And we, when we took our kids, we love to get them involved in the junior ranger program. And some of my kids' favorite memories are our meeting at the junior ranger program and either dissecting owl pellets or being the one to light the fire at a campfire. And I think oftentimes people are not even aware that a junior pro, junior ranger program is available or that they have ranger campfires in the evening where they will gather together and have a bon- bonfire if, if conditions permit and maybe look at the stars. And those are just great resources, I think, for children, especially in the evening when a lot of times if you're camping or RVing, you may not be doing as much in the evening, but they might have these other activities at the parks. Oh, that's awesome. So do you know where you can go and get more information about those? Do you just typically go to their website or visitor centers are now closed? I think <laughs> a lot yeah, of places. They have, it so. at the web, they have it on the website and at the visitor center, they're usually little packets. You can buy, they're very inexpensive, like a dollar or two. So my little kids would each have their own book and be looking for things because they'll have searches to look for the animals or certain things to be watching for um, and, you know, activities to do as we're traveling around the park. So it's really reasonably priced. And then they can earn a badge from the park Mm -hmm. rangers when they finish or they turn it back in at the, at the, um, one of the shops, at least at Yellowstone, that's how it works. Yeah. And I imagine it's, it's pretty similar all around. And I love that, that inspiration for, exploring different areas. You can really get into the minds of the, the senior rangers. I don't think that's their technical title, but not junior rangers and let them just sort of guide the way. So for us as parents or grandparents, it makes it a lot easier because we can also learn things. I find I learned so much when I'm exploring with my kids, just myself. And I think it's really fun to have those kinds of resources. So that's a really, really good tip for going out and, and finding those, those, um, opportunities wherever you're traveling. Do you guys ever go uh, to other places? I know you said the national parks and the state parks. Do you ever go to other types of campgrounds? 
We've been to various um, campgrounds. We didn't always just go to national parks. Oftentimes we would, as children, we traveled and went to beaches. We've taken our children to beaches and we travel either stay in hotels when we go to some of those locations or stay in cabins. A lot of our family reunions, we pick different areas of the country to go to just so that we can explore and see different areas of the country. Most recently, we did one in at Bear Lake, which was fun. We stayed there, but we've also done um, family reunions down around Arches and Zions, but maybe not in the park per se, just out around. So it's yeah. fun to do all those different kinds of things. Absolutely. And I think that's really important too, that you said what you just said about, even if you want to visit national parks, you don't always have to stay inside of them. Cause I know for us, we were, we were researching a trip for, um, specifically actually for Zion. It's funny. You just said that. And they were totally booked out with where we wanted to stay. And so you just kind of brought in your search and you never know where it's going to lead. I, I think that part of being out and seeking adventure is of course, going out into the unknown and seeing where it takes you, you know, to a certain extent. So I love that you mentioned that. And I love that your book encourages that kind of adventurous spirit, but then also very safe and and planned as well. So, you know, it's a, it's a whole teaching the boundaries to our kids and then also just knowing how to stay safe. Um, what is, I'm just curious, what kind of camping do you guys typically do in the state parks? Is it tent camping? I know you talked a little bit about an RV. Joan, do you want to take that one? Or? <laughs> My husband's family are the ones that do more camping um, in tents. So when we go places with my husband's family, we will stay in a tent. But my husband's from um, southeast corner of Utah, which is the Four Corners area. And so they would just go camp on the mountain. <laughs> and so we wouldn't be in really any set place. They called it Web Flat because I think that was where they always went. They named it after themselves, but I'm sure it has another <laughs> name. So we would do tent camping always with my husband's family. Um, with my family, it's usually more, um, we would go stay with, at least now in the older years, we would go stay at maybe a cabin or something like that. But as children, we would do tent and um, an RV. So we would do the, the um, camper also. We did a mixture of both. Um, so, I mean, I've done a mixture world. I prefer the camper because you have a bathroom and a shower. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, I'm with you, <laughs> <laughs> but we've done both. So, and then we prefer staying in cabins or hotels now, <laughs> now that, now that I'm older <laughs> and I can afford all that. I like to stay in cabins and hotels, Yeah, um, but absolutely. we did, we did camp a lot as kids and we have really fond memories, even of situations where we lost car keys and had to search all over because we were stuck at that campground until we found our car keys. Oh my so. goodness. That would be such a moment, but also such a memory to be making. That's yeah. When great. we talk about camping, that's the first memory my kids bring up. Remember when dad lost the car keys? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. That is so funny. But I also think it's really good that you bring that up, that there's such a range of ways to experience the outdoors. And so it's not just you know, you say camping and people immediately think of I'm sleeping on the cold ground or something like that, but you can totally, I consider cabins where you you're still kind of camping where you're bringing your own linens kind of a thing, even though you're, you have a roof over your head and, and you feel sheltered, you're just so close and so connected to the outdoors. So I think that that's a really important thing that a lot of people don't realize about, um, 
about seeking campgrounds, even in, I know in our state parks down here, I'm in Arizona as well. So we're all very much on the West coast, but we have a lot of cabins too. And so, you know, when we've presented it to our family of like, Hey, we'd love to have everybody do a camping trip. A lot of times they're like, we don't want to sleep on the ground We're we we're not built for that or whatever. They, they, there's an excuse. And we're like, no, no, there's, there's cabins and there's more opportunities. So finding those opportunities is so valuable. And so I think it's a really good point. Um, I know that that Yellowstone is not your last title, that you have other titles for Max and Josie. And I'd love to hear more about where you're going with these. <laughs> we've, okay. done, we've already done one other book, which was Grand Teton National Park, which actually is just 10 miles from Yellowstone. And a lot of people I don't think are aware that those two national parks are so close to each other. Oh, I um, wasn't. Interesting. Yeah, they are. They're just 10 miles away. Both are large. Yellowstone's a very large national park, but the southern border of Yellowstone and the northern border of, of Grand Teton are only 10 miles away from each other. And so we did visit Grand Teton frequently as well. We've had family reunions there and it's a beautiful area. And so we've already published um, exploring Grand Teton National Park or the Grand Tetons. The Grand Tetons. And so that was, that's fun. And it has some fun things. And Joan had fun ex exploring that park a little bit more because as we were doing some research for the book, she said, you know, there's some things that I've never done at Grand Teton. Joan, do you want to explain what you did? <laughs> so we only live an hour and a half from Grand Teton if we drive, you know, just from my house. So we just did a day trip. We packed, um, we have three boys that are still at home. And then my daughter was working from our house because her work was closed down my older, my oldest daughter. And so we all just packed in the car and we drove to Grand Teton for the day. And we went and did the um, tram, the tram ride, which was really fun. And um, rode up to the top of the mountain and got waffles. And then there was another tram ride, a ski lift. So it's essentially the ski lift, but they have it open in the summer. And a lot of people do the mountain biking, but they would allow us to ride it too, even though we weren't mountain biking. So we rode up the tram and we could see all the mountain bikers coming down the mountain. So it was a neat experience. And then we went and walked Jenny Lake, which is a really fun um, walk. It's, it's what, two miles round trip. You can also take the... Um, boat back if you want to, if you don't want to walk so much. So, but it was just a perfect little day trip. But I thought as I, as I'm um, researching these books, I'm finding things that I had never thought to do before. And that's one kind of, of the, one of the fun things about doing these books is I thought this is going to push me to be a little more adventurous at the parks and find new things to do that I hadn't thought of before, because I can't tell you how many times I've been to Grand Teton and I had never done the chairlift ride in the summer. Oh, fun. I love visualizing that research experience too. So when you, when we're reading those books, it's going to be a totally different, we can actually visualize you in the park. And I think that's really, really fun too. That's awesome. Did you do the same then for and, Yellowstone? Um, Yellowstone, everything in the book we've done. So that's the thing is um, everything in these books you can do. It isn't just like we talk about places we like to eat. We love to get yellow. We love to get ice cream at Old Faithful. That is our thing. We always get ice cream. So we just put in things we like to do, or we found things to do and we did them. We're getting milkshakes so cool. at Grand Teton. Now the next oh, book though, that we're working on is exploring Dinosaur National Monument, which is down in Utah. And a lot of kids just call it Dinosaur Land because it has all the bones and things there. And that one we're not quite as familiar with. So we've had a really good time um, researching that and that will come out in March. 
but right. it has awesome. been a place that we've visited and, and it's been and fun sending them there. And they also get to see the petroglyphs that are there and kind of explore that history. Right. And Emily went with her friends, uh, what, a year ago. So she had, she still had it in her memory and had pictures on her camera from her phone. So we're like, okay, we can recreate this. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. And I think that it's just such a great family experience you guys are doing. And I'm grateful that you're publishing children's books so we can be a part of it. And then also enrich our own family vacations with it. I think I could just visualize someday we're going to get up North and go to the grand Tetons and to Yellowstone. That's high up on our bucket list. And then dinosaur, dinosaur land, whatever you want to call it, whatever the kids are calling it. Um, that's even closer to us. So I can't wait to go and and do the same and, and start to travel up there. And I just imagine on the way, reading that book in the car and saying, we're going to go see these things and how fun, I mean, they can just start to visualize that experience and then make it their own. I think it's just so, so awesome. I absolutely love your guys's work. I love, I love these books. I love, um, the way that you're writing these books. And so is there anything else you'd like people to know before we wrap up about not only your writing process, the books themselves, or just camping in general? I think just take time to enjoy your children. You guys, well, I say you guys, cause you're, you're younger than we are and your kids are home, but take time to enjoy those kids when they're home because they grow up so fast and then they're off and doing things and, and it's just fun to have some of those memories of trips, whether whether it's to a national park or just maybe to a local park for the day. But I think they remember the times when you take, when you're doing things outside together as a family more than maybe some of the other activities. And so it goes by fast, enjoy them. Absolutely. Gosh, I love that. It And it's, so true. It's so easy sometimes in the moment to be like, oh, I'm stuck because they're, they won't go to sleep or they're crying and I don't know how to help them. And we just kind of get enwrapped in these like micro moments that are stressful for us, but we forget that sometimes it helps everybody just to get outside and disconnect, leave your phone in the car at home, whatever, and just be outside and together. And I think if 2020 showed us anything, I hope that that's what it showed us. I hope that it showed us that adventure as a family is valuable and needed and you're going to regret it. If you don't, I really think you're going to regret not, not having those moments and not making those memories. So, and it's, I'm happy that you said that because it's actually the entire why of why I started cruising at campfires, because it just, it has made such a difference for our family. I can feel like the weight lifted when we're together and I can see more importantly, I can see that spark in their eyes, looking back on my childhood, that is what I remember. It's like these camping trips and traveling together and being together and, you know, things go wrong and it's fun and you laugh and you make a memory like lost keys. Like you were saying earlier, I think it's so, so valuable. So I love that you said that. Thank you. Thank you for adding that. Joan, did you have anything else? Um, <laughs> trying to think what else I don't mean I to put to you on the spot. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> I think one thing is just with the writing that if you, um, have a desire to do something, do it and, and have fun with it because um, I'm really enjoying writing these books. And I had done some art classes in college and just had never drawn or painted in a long time. And now I've started doing that again. So it's been fun to re-explore, I guess, old talents or old um, things that I used to enjoy doing and I just had forgotten about it. So if you have an interest in something, go for it. 
And Joan has done all of the illustrations in Max and Josie. Awesome. Except for the cover. Oh, cool. The cover was done by my daughter, who's a graphic design artist. We it got her to do the covers. <laughs> that's awesome. It's still a family effort. And I'm sure you had a lot of say in it too. So that's amazing. And I think that, I think that's so valuable as well. I don't know if you know this, but I'm also, um, I don't just run cruising in the campfires, but I also am a business coach. And that's one of the big things we talk about is just find something fun and lean into what used to light a fire inside of you. You know, we get into such a grind. And I think that the fact that you were like, I forgot how much I miss writing or drawing or creating art. And you were able to do that. And then also create something so amazing for, for families to take and pass on to their kids. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And I'm so, so glad you guys said yes to coming on the podcast because I've enjoyed our conversation so much. Well, thank and- you for inviting us. We've enjoyed being part of it. Oh, Thank good. You. Thank you so much. We will, I will link to where you guys, um, where the listeners can go and grab your books. Cause I'm sure everybody's going to want one and to be on your waiting list for when the next books come out. Cause I know there's many, many more ahead. So thank you again for, for coming on. Thanks so much. Thanks.